0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Let's Chat Healthcare podcast. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Skylar. Skylar has been through the ringer in the healthcare system and it was all at such a young age. I really appreciate her positive outlook on the healthcare system and, and also her thoughts and advice for not only healthcare workers, but also other patients who might be going through something similar. Skylar's been through a lot, but I really appreciate her outlook and her perspective on what she's been through. I hope you guys enjoy her episode. Don't forget to find us on social media at Let's Chat Healthcare and subscribe to the podcast to be notified when new episodes are released. Hi Skylar, thanks for joining me today.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: I really appreciate you coming on because I think that your story can really help a lot of people. I think that you've kind of been through a lot in the healthcare system, and I think that there's a lot to learn from someone who's had the experiences that you've had.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's um, definitely been a crazy few years, to say the least.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Can you kind of give us a quick summary of what happened these last few years?
1: Yeah, of course. So I think when I was around 16, I started getting kind of sick. I had a lot of like stomach issues. I was going to the bathroom a lot more. I was losing weight a little bit and I had a lot of blood in my stool, which was very Hmm. concerning. That's not a good sign. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I went to my mom and I was like, hey, mom, um, I'm not really sure what's going on. So we scheduled an appointment with a GI, but there was like a total miscommunication. I ended up seeing a GP that day. But luckily (laughs) the GI at the office was like, Hey, I actually have an opening today. Like I'm not really taking new patients, but like I can sneak you in since you're already here. It was like hour away from where we live and we were like okay yes thank you of course so he took like one look at me and he's like yeah we're gonna run some tests on you so Mm. I had some blood testing he asked about my family history and then
0: what were you thinking were you thinking anything in that moment
1: honestly I'm I know people say don't look online to kind of like diagnose (laughs) yourself but I'm Mm -hmm. like a very type a personality and I was looking things up and I'm like you know it's either something minimal or I have like Crohn's or colitis and everyone Mm. was like "Mm, let's hope you don't (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah but anyways um that was in January when I went to the GI. And then by the time February 3rd rolled around, I was getting my first colonoscopy at the young oh, age wow. of 16. <laughs> and Those then, are never fun. Yeah, never fun. But um, when I woke up from the procedure, my parents were there and the doctor was like, hey, um, you're a very sick kid just letting you know and we're Aww. shocked we're shocked you've been doing so good in like school and like not dying actively oh my gosh <laughs> yeah so I got diagnosed with moderate severe ulcerative colitis and then pancolitis which meant it was affecting my entire colon mm. yeah
0: <laughs> wow that's pretty intense
1: yeah definitely did did you
0: know what it was but I guess you did you look it up beforehand or I had
1: a very vague idea of what it was I'd like I read about it online but I didn't necessarily know like what it actually entailed to have it it was like I had my answer it was good Mm -hmm. having an answer but I didn't know how impactful it would be on my life
0: what changed for you like what happened after that
1: Honestly, everything kind of changed for, like, a long while. I was... Super sick, and they put me on prednisone right away. And those are kind of nicknamed the devil's tic tacs by the community. Yeah, they're
0: pretty intense. Yeah, definitely. That's actually a good name. I've actually never heard that, but it's a good name.
1: Oh yeah, they taste absolutely horrible (laughs) to start with, and then they gave me horrible mood swings. Um, Mm -hmm.
0: They raise your sugar.
1: Yeah, it was hard sleeping. I was. They cause
0: like like, swelling.
1: It was like a whole bunch of stuff. It was just really bad. I was on those for a couple of months and then I think they put me on like a biologic medication like I think like a forget how quickly. It was pretty quick because usually some people can wait like a couple years or months before they need to start that. But my doctor was like, You need to get on this right Mm -hmm. away.
0: Because you've probably you were probably living with it for a while and just didn't know
1: yeah it honestly just came out of nowhere and like the first couple weeks I was feeling sick I was like oh this will just go away on its own and then it just Mm -hmm. didn't get better so one day I finally told my mom probably later than I should have I was like there's something up we need to go see a doctor
0: Were you starting to feel better? Like did the prednisone help you think or were you still kind of feeling bad plus the side effects of the medicine?
1: (laughs) I think I definitely would have been worse off without it but I definitely wasn't feeling good with it just because of how Mm. wrecked my body was. I think I dropped like 20 pounds in a month and I've always kind of been like I've kind of been on like the thicker side, like I got curves. (laughs) So (laughs) I was kind of like, yeah, something's very off if I'm losing weight like Mm -hmm. this.
0: Wow. And then the next medication they put you on, do you know what that was for? Did they tell you like what that was supposed to do?
1: Yeah. So my doctor pretty much told me, my GI, he was like, there's a couple different biologic medications we can put you on. Um, I want you to kind of research and see what you think might be a good fit for you and I'll let you know what I think about that so Mm -hmm. I that's a that's an interesting
0: take on that
1: (laughs) it was definitely interesting because I know they had a couple different options on like how severe the medication was I don't know if that's the right word but I know Mm -hmm. some of them were like kind of related to like chemo some of them affected the whole Mm. body some of them were like specific for the gut so I picked Intivio which is supposed to work just in the Mm. GI tract
0: that's 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 a pretty intense like thing to put on you with like not that much medical experience (laughs) were you like happy that they like had you help or would you have preferred them to just choose
1: um, I actually definitely liked being included in the process just because mm-hmm. it was a medication that like there are side effects to it. So you kind of need to pick and choose what you want
0: mm-hmm. to kind
1: of deal with, which sounds so weird, but that's like part of the process.
0: That's crazy. I think that's I think that's a really cool way to do it. And um, so where were you like learning about can we can we call it UC? Yeah. Is that a good oh, choice? yeah. That's
1: totally easy. I just shorthand that all the time.
0: So where did you start learning about UC and like what it meant and like how to care for yourself?
1: Yeah. Honestly, at 16, I was not doing a good job myself. Mm, My mom yeah. was actually doing a lot of the research. She was like the backbone behind everything because I was mm. really going through it. So I, I honestly can't thank her enough. She did, like, a ton of reading and a ton of research. She was buying books. She was, like, buying cookbooks and everything, which I absolutely hated because <laughs> I, I love food. But, of course, when your UC is really bad, you can't really eat a whole bunch. Yeah.
0: And you were feeling bad, so, like, I'm I'm trying to think, like, if you didn't have someone like your mom, it would be so hard to, like, learn more about it while you're dealing with it and also dealing with, like, the medication side effects. Like, that would be really difficult.
1: Yeah, I don't think I would be able to function without my mom, like, even with all the surgery stuff going on last year, like... I was a complete wreck. Like I couldn't do things for myself. So Mm -hmm. it really got to the point where I was like, hey, mom, I'm so sorry. Can you get me some water?
0: Oh, well, I'm glad she was there for you. Can we so after you started taking that medication, you were on it for a while. And then what happened after that?
1: Yeah. So I was on that medication from, I would say, April 2016. And then it worked towards the, I'd say, winter of 2019 is when it was still working.
0: So what 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 was it doing that was working? Was it like helping your symptoms or helping inflammation?
1: Um, It was basically just calming my immune system down so it wouldn't attack itself. And then at mm. that point, my symptoms kind of went away. I was able to have more regular bowel movements. There wasn't blood in my stool. I was able to keep weight on and even like gain weight which was really good and I was able to like go out do things go to college have like a normal life for a little bit
0: (laughs) so so it was working for a while and did, did it stop working
1: yeah like it's so weird the timing for me when the pandemic started I was already kind of starting in a flare again and my doctor put me on ucerus which was like a lesser kind of steroid just to kind of like tide things over and it Mm. got to the point where I was like I feel so sick I don't think I can go to school like this feels horrible and then it was the two weeks we'll figure out school after that and then my school was like you know what it's online school now. Good luck, everyone, which kind of worked out for me, surprisingly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely the silver lining to that situation was I could do school from home for a little bit. I think if it weren't for the pandemic, I literally don't know if I would have taken a semester off or like delayed graduating just because I don't think I could have kept up with my schooling otherwise. Going to
0: school, Yeah. Wow! Like already, I feel like it's such a puzzle to try to figure out like which medications are working and which ones don't.
1: Yeah, and it really depends on the person because sometimes right away, like it just won't work after the loading doses, and they'll take you off immediately. And then for some people, it works and stops at the most random time. So I got a couple years out of the medication, which was like as good as it was going to get for me but mm. yeah i just feel lucky for getting that at least
0: yeah the so the steroid it helped for a little bit
1: yeah so the first like couple months of 2020 i was feeling very sick they put me on the steroids and then by summer i was feeling a lot better i would say almost back to normal but then by the time fall and winter came around again it got even worse this time. So that's the point where my doctor was like, okay, we really need to take you off in tibio now. Like we tried to save it, but it's just not working for you anymore. Oh, man. So yeah. what
0: what were your options from there?
1: So he, <laughs> my GI, he, like, he basically told me whatever options I wanted to look into, I could. He suggested Remicade. But at that point, I was kind of ready to look at a different option. And that one was surgery this time. And it was a very big emotional decision for me, because that's such a huge thing to do, especially when you're like, baby, like 20 something year old. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. And also having the option, like, well, I don't know if you really had the option because of how you were feeling. But like, to just to kind of have that decision kind of on your plate like that's a really that's a really big decision
1: yeah I definitely think so um I was at the point where surgery was a very viable option like my GI didn't argue with me or anything he kind of just gave me that little like sad nod and he was like okay yeah I'll set you up the consultation with our surgery department and I was like okay sounds Mm. good
0: so what, so what was the surgery going to do?
1: So the surgery was basically to remove my entire colon. And then from there, we were going to reroute my remaining GI tract. So we were going to have a piece of my small intestine pulled through my abdomen and like sewed in there to create a stoma. Mm. My stoma is named Ostie. <laughs> yeah. um, she's a Gemini, which means she is very two-faced <laughs> according to the stereotype. So sometimes she's very good and cooperates and sometimes she will not stop pooping. <laughs> but yeah, so from there, um, you put an ostomy bag over your stoma just to kind of like collect the waste in it stays Mm -hmm. there on your belly and you can empty it as needed because I have like a drainable bag. So Mm. yeah, just kind of whenever I go pee (laughs) throughout the day, I just kind of empty the bag too. It's like one of those like applesauce pouches you give kids, you just kind of (laughs) squeeze it out and call it good.
0: How was it adapting to that? Like, I bet it was like a bit intimidating when you first had the surgery and like did like did you know like what it were your expectations for what it was going to be like equal to what it was like
1: um I would definitely say so I went in with very open expectations like that's awesome yeah social media is really great because before my surgery I tried reaching out to a bunch of different people on like TikTok Instagram just like that to see if they could give me, like, any advice or anything. And everyone was super sweet, super nice, and kind of, like, helped me get in the right mindset with what to expect with everything.
0: Mm. How did it change your everyday?
1: Oh, yeah. So when I woke up from the surgery, like, obviously, you're in pain from the surgery just because it's a huge surgery. Yeah, of course. (laughs) I kind of – I felt a little – empty inside and I was like why do I feel (laughs) empty and it was because the colon pain that I was feeling every day just from existing and eating and being a human like that wasn't there anymore and I was like oh my god I'm like you're kidding me like no more colon pain that is insane to me I didn't know that was an option
0: hmm That's an interesting feeling. I've never heard it described that way.
1: Yeah, it's definitely (laughs) weird. And like my body's adjusted and that went away. But just waking up without a colon, like I I felt it missing and I did not miss it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So how how has it besides like taking away the pain, has it impacted your everyday life in any other way? Like, are there certain foods that you can't eat?
1: Oh, yeah, for the – okay, well, my colorectal (laughs) surgeon, she is an absolute angel. I don't know where I would be without her. Um, She told me very, like, black and white. She's like, Skylar, I'm going to be honest with you. We don't know a whole lot about diet. Like, we can try and tell you what to do, but what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for the other. So you just need to do a little bit of trial and error to see what works for you but here's a paper with like some light suggestions for you if you want to follow (laughs) those. I feel like your
0: experience is a lot, hey, kind of just figure it out and then let us know. (laughs) Yeah,
1: like I feel like my hospital is like very progressive because they they acknowledge that everything isn't as black and white as it once was. There are Mm kind of like – there's a gray area because a lot of things – might work for some people might not for other but they want you to find my stoma kind of hi there Um, they want you to find what works for you and they don't care Mm -hmm. if that's according to a certain protocol
0: so what have you found that does work for you
1: um for me i find that eating a lot of meat and rice is like very easy on my body like there's a lot less output if I were to eat like chicken and rice than if I were to eat like a lot of um, carbs and like bread,
0: mm, which like the good stuff yeah.
1: <laughs> but it's a weird process because when you drink a lot of liquids with the elastomy specifically just because you don't have the colon, you're not able to absorb as much liquids. So when you like drink like a lot of water, you kind of want to spread it out over like a longer period of time and kind of eat food with it just so it doesn't like rush through your body.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. It's it's so interesting to be able to see that process like right in front of you.
1: It's definitely weird. Like I'm 22, so I can legally drink, which is very exciting for me. <laughs> but whenever I go out with my friends, I always go, hey, guys, I'm going to order pretzel bites because I have to build a dam in my intestines before (laughs) I can drink with y'all
0: otherwise it's just gonna go right through
1: yeah exactly and you don't want to get dehydrated that's like the worst with an ostomy
0: Mm. what what happens when you get dehydrated
1: yeah it's like it's just dry a raging headache like my tongue gets really dry and like it's just like not a good feeling interesting yeah, I I try to keep um like Gatorade on hand 24-7 just so if I do get a headache, I can kind of like nip it in the bud.
0: I feel like you've learned a lot about your body that maybe someone who hasn't had to go through this like wouldn't necessarily know.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely weird. And there are some foods that like impact my body differently. Like on bag change days, I eat a couple marshmallows before I do a bag change so that hopefully quiets down my stoma so I'm not like actively pooping during the bag change.
0: Mm. Mm. That's so interesting how you know like all these little things.
1: Like yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> Just little tips and tricks. <laughs> <laughs> so do you
0: do you still have to be on the other medications or are you completely off of those?
1: So in between coming off of Intivio and getting my surgery, they put me on Remicade just for a couple infusions just because they knew I wouldn't be able to make it, like, to surgery without the medication mm-hmm. kind of, like, working as a Band-Aid. Mm-hmm. Just because I wanted to get my surgery after I graduated from college, which was still, like, four or five months away from when I decided on surgery. Mhm. So it was just like, do whatever you can, just get to the finish line at that
0: point. (laughs) But now you don't have to be on them. Yeah,
1: I'm actually medication-free. I'm only on like vitamins that my mom gives me. Oh, that's awesome. And then I'm on um, one medication just to stop my period right now because they wanted to make sure that everything was healing up good and they didn't want any extra blood to confuse anyone down there
0: oh that's that's interesting (laughs) yeah it's It's so crazy how all these things work together
1: (laughs) yeah it was definitely a relief for me though because they were like we're gonna stop your period and I was like great go for it no problem (laughs) not even mad about that not (laughs) even mad
0: (laughs) um I feel like you've had some really awesome experience with healthcare workers or you've been able to look at it very optimistically I think that's awesome
1: yeah I would definitely say so like when I was going in for my last um Remicade infusion at the time like it was kind of hard on me because there was a lot of nurses and like people I knew at the infusion center who I'm like I might not see you again but oh yeah so um I wrote like little cards for people and my mom picked up some like cookie trays for us to drop off and it was just it was like a farewell tour basically <laughs> so very bittersweet but I'm glad to not need the infusions anymore.
0: Yeah, I think it's great that you like connected with those people and also like that your surgeon was awesome. Were there any times throughout the process that you kind of felt misunderstood or that you kind of felt like hey like like this doesn't really make sense
1: um yeah I would say there was a couple of times where there was just some communication errors um after my initial surgery I went home for maybe like two weeks and then I ended up back in the ER because I had like a internal pelvic abscess a hematoma and i had an infection just from like my surgery it was like really bad but i spent like a couple of days at the local hospital right next to my house and then i got transferred up to the hospital where i had my surgery and at that point i was just in so much pain and they had me on a specific like pain med regimen but It just wasn't working for me one night. And I was waiting to get um, a drainage surgery the next morning to get rid of everything. So I just, I kept asking for medication because I was just not feeling good. And I feel so bad (laughs) looking back for the nurse who was working for me because her like with me and he was like, I'm so sorry. Like, this is all I can give you. And I was like, oh my God, like, it's not good enough, please. (laughs) But. The next morning when the colorectal team came in to do rounds, they took like one look at me and they're like, "Um, yeah, we need to get her more pain med- pain meds like asap."
0: Oh, so. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, "Could you have done this 4 hours ago?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, to be fair, it was my first like emergency hospital stay, so I wasn't really the greatest at advocating for myself yet.
0: Yeah, but I mean, Having to go, I mean, just through those four hours of without stronger pain medicine, that must have been really difficult.
1: Yeah, it was like, honestly, it was probably more than four. It was like a ton of hours just waiting and then, well, I can give you a half dose, but then you have to wait longer for the full dose. And I'm like, I just need the half dose. Then I can't wait. Oh, yeah, that
0: must have been really difficult.
1: Definitely. Luckily, I have very vague, sporadic memories of it. My brain kind of like blocks it out, but I remember a little bit.
0: <laughs> um, do, Is there anything that you wish that maybe like the people that you've worked with in the healthcare system knew more about UC? Like, is there anything that like you're like, hey, like, because I feel like you've learned so much about it and learned so much about yourself. Like, is it? Is, if there's something that you could, like, have them understand better, what would that be?
1: I think the most important thing for, like, any nurse or, like, medical professional, like, working with an IBD patient, like, specifically, is, like, it's kind of an embarrassing disease. And, like, over time, we kind of adjust to, like, where we're very open about talking about, like, bowel movements and poop and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But when I was in the hospital a lot, I was so sick and so in pain to the point where I couldn't even empty my own ostomy bag. So I would have to push the call button to have, like, a clinical partner or someone come in to empty my bag. And that's Mm. a very, like, humbling and, like, kind of – it's a very like sensitive position to be in because you're trusting someone to kind of like take care of you and like clean the bag so you don't have like poop on like the end of the bag that rolls up oh yeah so everyone like at the hospital i was at was always very like nice i would be like apologizing to them for needing to have my bag emptied and they're like sweetie you don't need to apologize like this is (laughs) normal and then they were all very sweet and like making sure I felt comfortable with how much they cleaned it just so like I didn't feel gross or anything.
0: Yeah that's really nice I think it was probably because we deal with that kind of stuff every day we forget that it's not an everyday thing for other people (laughs) yeah
1: it kind of like well that kind of helped me too because I was able to like rationalize with myself after a while I'm like you aren't (laughs) the first person you won't be the last they're professionals they aren't judging you
0: (laughs) that's nice I'm so glad that you had mostly good experiences and like I mean, through as good as they can be for everything you were going through.
1: Yeah, there was only like one really like other situation that stuck out to me after my, um, my surgery to get rid of my remaining like rectum and sew up my butthole. It's called the Barbie butt surgery because now <laughs> I'm a Barbie with no butthole. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had a drain in my abdomen. And then from my previous emergency stays, I know my body doesn't really do good with drains. It takes a while for everything to, like, drain out longer than, like, most people. And I mm. knew my surgeon kind of wanted to keep the drain in me even after I was discharged, and she would, like, get rid of it later. So one morning, um, some of the residents came in, and he was like, hi, I'm here to pull your drain. And I kind of looked at him and I was like, I'm sorry, like, I'm not really comfortable with that. I want to talk to my surgeon. I'm not really sure what the plan is. And he's Mm -hmm. like, well, I'm I'm working for her. I'm going to pull your drain. And I kind of had to put my foot down and be like, no, you need to get her. I need to talk to her. So Mm -hmm. after a while, he did come back with her and she was like, yeah, we're keeping the drain in. We're not going to pull it. And that's that.
0: That's, like, a really big thing to have to kind of, like, because you're in the healthcare world where that per- that's kind of that person's, like, specialty. So that's, like, really intimidating to have to, like, say, like, no, go get someone else.
1: Yeah, like, I'm, like, I don't like messing with the system like I'm kind of the person (laughs) or if like I get a drink made wrong at Starbucks I'm like oh okay I'll try this (laughs) like I won't (laughs) I won't say anything but I was thinking to myself like what would have happened if he went ahead and pulled the drain like because that was like in my pelvis like very deep in me and like they put it in me when I was under anesthesia so I don't know how we would have fixed that problem or what would have happened. Like, would I have gotten another infection because we pulled the drain too soon.
0: Wow, that's it's that's kind of like scary to think about like what would have happened.
1: Yeah, but luckily after that interaction, I wasn't too thrilled with that resident, but (laughs) I was I was able to talk to like a patient advocate at the hospital and they kind of gave me some advice they told me to make sure like if I was uncomfortable with someone to ask for a nurse to come in to be in the room with me and they actually kind of like switched around residents so the next day I didn't see that resident at all it was two different ones and then, and even
0: <laughs> even if it was like normal and it felt normal, it's just like awkward, I feel like.
1: Yeah, it was definitely awkward because, oh, so the nurse I mentioned earlier who couldn't get me the pain meds or anything because there was- Was he
0: the nurse that day?
1: Um, he I saw him again during one of my <laughs> other stays and I was like, hey, dude, like, it's good to see Sorry you Sorry about again. that. Sorry night. about that. Not your fault, but hi. But- Actually, what was really exciting, it's weird to say exciting, but (laughs) when I was back at the hospital on like the specific like floor for recovering from surgery, it was like all the people I knew, like all the clinical partners, the nurses, like sometimes I would get people who like I've seen before and they were just so excited to see me and they were just all so (laughs) sweet and they took like such great care of me and like if they weren't scheduled for me, they would like see me in the hallway and they'd be like, oh my gosh, how are you doing? So <laughs> it just, it felt very welcoming and I felt very safe and comfortable. Like having that familiarity with people, I think definitely helped my recovery because I felt safe.
0: That's, that's so awesome. And I like, I really am so thankful that you were able to experience that because that makes like all the difference, like you were just saying.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. And then I remember during like one of my stays, there was a a travel nurse there and he was the sweetest, funniest nurse of like that (laughs) entire visit. Like he walked in my room and I would just like start smiling. And I was like, what's your secret? Like, how, how are you so good at this? And he was actually a dialysis nurse. So he worked with like a lot of like people who are like chronically ill, always going Mm -hmm. through this. And he said basically something along the lines of like, it's a small part of my day, but it's their whole life. So I'm going to try and do as much as I can in the time I have to make an impact on them. And I was like, wow. Wow. Thank you. Like, (laughs) genuinely you don't know how much impact you had on me like he was um changing my pick line dressing on my arm and we were just like joking and laughing the whole time so like I didn't even like really pay attention to what was going on <laughs> so it made the experience like very tolerable
0: I definitely like wasn't expecting an answer like that when you said the question <laughs> oh, Yeah, Oh <laughs> like that's awesome so if There's someone who's at the start of their UC journey. If there's something that you can impart to them, what would you say?
1: Oh gosh, that's like... Sorry, that's kind of a big question. (laughs) No, that is. But honestly, you just have to take it like one day at a time. Like I know Mm. it's very overwhelming and daunting, but like it does get better. Sometimes it just takes time, and I know there's moments where. you literally you can't see the light in the tunnel like you think this is going to be your life forever but thankfully Mm. there's options and there's hope for like a better day because there was times where I was afraid to leave the house I like I couldn't leave the house I couldn't leave my bed I couldn't leave the bathroom and I thought this is going to be my whole life but Thankfully the medication and like surgery and everything, like I feel like I get a do over. And it's like really, really insane to me.
0: That's awesome. I feel like another thing that I've learned from what you're saying is everyone has their own bodies and different things work for different people. So you just have to learn what works for your body too.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think this is kind of a tangent, but one of my biggest pet peeves is when people assume that, like, because something worked for them, it's going to work mm-hmm. for someone else. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's it's good to give people, like, all the tools in the toolbox so they can see what works for them.
0: And they can pick which tool they want. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but just don't put the expectation on someone, like, oh, you are not drinking celery juice five times a day? Well, it's your fault you're sick. Like... Anyone who acts like that, I'm like, I can't deal with you. Sorry. (laughs) Well, thank you so much
0: for coming on and talking to me about this. Like, I think that it's so interesting and I love that. I just love how the healthcare workers like really impacted your journey in a positive way. And I think that's really wonderful.
1: Yeah, honestly, I am just so grateful for everyone like this whole journey like no one wants to be sick no one wants to be chronically ill really like when you're thrown in this situation it's very difficult to process but I feel like the silver lining of everything is that it's definitely made me a more like empathetic person and I'm able to (laughs) appreciate the good in life a little more and I just honestly I feel like The past couple years have been so rough, but I just have a chance to actually live my life now. And Mm. it's just amazing to have like the freedom of my body not trying to kill me anymore.
0: Well, I can hear your strength and the words that you say. And I think that you were so strong through everything and just being able to advocate for yourself in like a tricky environment like we were talking about. So I have a lot of respect for you.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. And, like, thank you for what you do. Like, being a pediatric nurse, like, that's very, very impactful. <laughs> like, because my first nurses were all from peds and everything. And it's, yeah, when you're dealing with, like, a kid, it's a lot different than when you're... It's definitely a different world. <laughs> different yeah, I used world. to work in
0: adults. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just want to say thank you one more time. I know I've said it a million times, but I think you're so strong and I think that your story is really inspiring and I really appreciate you coming on and sharing. Skylar has such a great perspective on what she's been through and I really appreciate her coming on and sharing that perspective with us. I think it can help us really understand what it's like to be in her position and having to make those decisions at such a young age. I just think it's really important to hear from someone who's had to do that and who who has been through that. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to our episode and don't forget to subscribe to be notified when new episodes are released. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time on the Let's Chat Healthcare podcast.